Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Creepy Tech Podcast. My name is Lydia Shampola, and I'm very excited to have you here with me. This week, we're going to cover 23andMe, which is a genetic testing service. And just a quick disclaimer, I'm not sponsored by 23andMe in any capacity. I was just a bit curious as to what they do and how they do it. So I did a little bit of digging. I will advise that if you end up deciding to use their services, please do your own research since this is just what I have found while I was doing mine. Okay, let's jump right in. The 23andMe tagline is the following, order, spit, discover. And it all sounds really simple, but there are a few catches to this three-step process. So 23andMe, like I said earlier, is a genetic testing service. They provide not only a product, which is the health and ancestry or just ancestry kits, but they also provide the research and the testing services used in conjunction with those kits to determine a few different things. Number one, uh, they determine what genes you may carry that increase your likelihood of having a disease like cancer or Alzheimer's or carrying certain markers like the BRCA1 and the BRCA2 markers, uh, which are for breast cancer. Uh, Number two, they determine what regions your genetic makeup could be from. Number three, they offer a service where they can connect you to others who could possibly be your relatives. So any long-lost family members, grandfathers, half-siblings, cousins, any Anything like that, really. And number four, they get your permission to use your DNA samples and results in future testing or research. This is the one that I found the most uh, intriguing for a handful of reasons, but we'll get to that later. So how does it work? Well, first you order the testing kit. It arrives in your mailbox or on your doorstep. Then you open it up, follow the simple directions, which is basically spitting in the containers they provide. And then you ship it off to them where they test it for you and then provide the results to you. If the DNA sample is acceptable and testable, then they provide the results to you in your personal 23andMe account or profile. Keep in mind that on their website, it does say that a small percentage of DNA samples sent in are considered untestable. And when this occurs, they allegedly offer to send replacement kits and retest those at no cost to you. If the second DNA sample is also untestable, then 23andMe will offer to refund your initial money under the condition that you do not attempt to purchase any further testing kits in the future. Side note, uh, I say allegedly for a few reasons, one of which being that there's a couple reviews on their Better Business Bureau profile, which you can look up after this episode. Uh, The link should be in the show notes. I don't want to read this off on the episode since I do not personally know each individual person, nor do I know the validity of their individual experiences with 23andMe. That's not saying that they couldn't have happened. I'm just saying I don't know one way or the other. That being said, if you do decide to go against the condition uh, and you do purchase a future test kit and that sample is also considered untestable, then 23andMe will not only refuse to offer a replacement kit, but they will also not refund the money used to purchase that kit. Now, this is stated clearly in the terms of service contract that you accept when you create an account with them. But we all know that most of us don't really read these terms, so I've read them for you. Let's jump into the bits that I found to be slightly strange. 
What are you really signing up for when you click the accept button on the terms of service contract? So number one, you acknowledge and agree that the form and the nature of services which 23andMe provides may change from time to time without prior notice to you. That's normal. Number two, you are providing them with a DNA sample that is either yours and you're of legal age, which is 18, I believe, or that you have permission to provide the sample if it's not yours. Let's say it's like your grandfather's or something. And number three, after you provide it, you are giving 23andMe the permission to test the sample and provide the results to you on your profile. These are all pretty basic terms. We expect them to be typically in any terms of service agreement. You're saying that you have the right to share the information, you are also legally allowed to use their service, and that you give them the right to perform their service to you, and that they can change their service at any time without letting you know. Number four. Now this is one of the interesting bits included in there, and I quote directly from the 23andMe Terms of Service, which I initially accessed on February 12th of 2019. So, quote, Genetic information you share with others could be used against your interest. You should be careful about sharing your genetic information with others. Currently, very few businesses or insurance companies request genetic information, but this could change in the future. If you are asked by an insurance company whether you have learned genetic information about a health condition that you do not disclose to them, this may be considered fraud. Unquote. Whoa, so basically who you provide your results to is up to you, which is wonderful. That's great. That gives us control over our lives and our medical data, right? But any outcomes resulting from you sharing the results provided to you by 23andMe is considered not their fault just in that little block. You're responsible for the emotional responses that come from either you interpreting your results or others interpreting yours or their own results. This may impact your lives or others' lives in negative ways, but this is not in any way the responsibility of 23andMe. So, what could really happen once you see the results? Well, there is one individual who wrote an article for Vox, which I will link in the show notes, who found out that they had a half-brother. This resulted in the divorce of their parents, a strained relationship with their father. Now, I don't know the validity of this person's experience with 23andMe or other factors that could have led to the breakup of their family unit, but the link is in the show notes for you to read and decide for yourself. Additionally, not divulging this information may result in fraud allegations. By divulging it may result in losing your health insurance coverage in the future as a result of this or something such as your vehicle insurance rates increasing, just little things like that. Not to mention, you could also have a lifetime of fearing whether every single checkup you go to could be the one that tells you that you have a certain type of cancer. I mean, that's just something that you'll have to decide on your own. There's a couple of other interesting points in the terms of service. <laughs> Begin quote. You specifically understand that you will not receive any compensation for any research or commercial products that include or result from your genetic information or self-reported information, unquote. This is basically meaning that no matter how impactful your DNA sample is to the medical industry, which could be something like the discovery of a genome that contributes to fight against some disease, like let's say the story of Henrietta Lacks, uh, you will not have any rights to get compensation or recognition for your contribution to the advancement of medicine or technology. This is an interesting note, but something we should all be wary for a few reasons. 
One being that you will most likely never be able to file a claim if this were to happen, but the other being we have to start asking ourselves who is compensated in these cases. Granted, we know that people like co-founders of 23andMe, which does have ties to Google founders, um, these people are definitely profiting off your information, but who else? Well, this following quote accessed on February 12th, 2019 may help you form a better picture of who truly benefits in these cases. Quote, if you have given consent for your genetic information and self-reported information to be used in 23andMe research as described in the applicable consent document, we may include your information in the aggregated genetic information and self-reported information we disclose to third parties for the purpose of publication in a peer-reviewed scientific journal. 23andMe may also include information disclosed to third-party nonprofit and or commercial research partners who will not publish that information in a peer-reviewed scientific journal. 23andMe research may be sponsored by, conducted on behalf of, or in collaboration with third parties such as nonprofit organizations, academic institutions, or pharmaceutical companies. 23andMe research may study a specific group or population, identify potential areas or targets, for therapeutics development, conduct or support the development of drugs, diagnostics, or devices to diagnose, predict, or treat medical or other health conditions, work with public, private, and or nonprofit entities on genetic research initiatives, or otherwise create, commercialize, and apply this knowledge to improve healthcare. 23andMe will never release your individual level genetic information and or self-reported information to any third party without asking for and receiving your explicit consent to do so unless required by law, unquote. And so continues the commercialization of our data for the profits of large corporations with no residuals trickling down to the very providers of said information. Sadly, companies this large don't even offer the possibility of using their services without agreeing completely to their terms of service. In my ideal world, these contracts should have both parties' interests in mind. Both sides should be protected, as is the typical understanding of most contracts individuals willingly enter. For example, some marriage contracts or prenups. Both parties review and revise said contracts and agree to the terms set, then they sign. Last of all, from the terms of service, uh, this one I think just plays into my perpetual fear of losing all rights to my privacy and the way that society can create situations in which a breach of privacy is not really considered a big deal. This is also a direct quote accessed on February 12th, 2019. Begin quote. Further, you acknowledge and agree that 23andMe is free to preserve and disclose any and all personal information to law enforcement agencies or others if required to do so by law or in the good faith belief that such preservation or disclosure is reasonably necessary to a. comply with legal process such as a judicial proceeding, court order, or government inquiry or obligations that 23andMe may Oh, pursuant to ethical and other professional values, laws, and regulations. B, enforce the 23andMe terms of service. C, to respond to claims that any content violates the rights of third parties. Or D, protects the rights, property, or personal safety of 23andMe, its employees, its users, its clients, 
and the public, end quote. So from that little block in the terms of service, not only can 23andMe use your results or information to protect itself from claims made against it, but it can also divulge your private results in any cases it deems, quote unquote, reasonably necessary. Whose reason are we basing this on? The moment you accept those terms and conditions, 23andMe can preserve your DNA and the results to be used in future investigations, either involving or not involving you that may result in further investigations into you, your family, or people you are distantly related to. For example, and this is another disclaimer, I am not a lawyer, nor do I know all the ways that the law could act in this case. This is definitely hypothetical, but if you use a product from a company and you develop cancer later on and find that the cause could be the result of using that company's product, so you decide to file a claim against them for medical costs, that company in the future can try to request a court order for your medical files, which would include your 23andMe data. And let's just say that on that finding, 23andMe determined that you may carry a genome that increases your risk for cancer. That company could argue that their product cannot possibly be the sole cause since you already had that predisposition to that disease. Moral of the story, yes, 23andMe offers an intriguing services, but at what cost? Now, those are just the points that I felt were the most interesting. The remainder of the terms of service just followed the basic rules that Basically, that 23andMe isn't responsible for anything that happens to you after your use of their service. All right, so let's go through the pros and cons of this service really quickly. There are a few pros to using the service, which some can argue can also be considered cons, but let's go through them real quick anyway. So number one, you'll be more informed about your genetic makeup, so things you should watch out for, things you may pass on to your kids, and ways you could change your day-to-day -day life that could improve your overall health. Number two, you may feel more relieved after getting your results. Uh, there could be a reduction in anxiety, stress, or feelings of shame and guilt. Uh, number three, you may find distant relatives that could help you better understand your roots. And number four, you may feel more in control of your life and your destiny as a result of the testing. Now, those all seem pretty great, but do the pros outweigh the cons? Let's go through the cons real quick, just for completeness sake. Um, so number one, and this is the one that I'm the most concerned about at the moment. Um, so number one would be hacking. So submitting your genetic information to large companies who maintain your data for years afterwards does leave you open to a few modern age risks, one of which is hacking. At least twice a year, we hear companies admitting to being hacked from companies that monitor our credit scores to companies that provide us our internet services, both of which do have some pretty substantial impacts on not only our finances, but also our privacy. Bringing in companies that literally have information on what makes us us could have some outrageous consequences. For example, hackers who intend on accessing genetic information and using it for biomedical terrorism. This may result in a change to how we deal with modern warfare. And in my opinion, at the moment, the way society deals with companies that are hacked does not inspire confidence in the average citizen. The lack of information and interest on the way that these companies maintain and defend our data is sorely lacking. Number two, the use of your genome for marketing purposes. 23andMe does reserve the right to use information you provide to them for creating new products or services. So once they know what you are more likely to be concerned about, 
they now have a foot in the door to create a product that specifically fits your life or your worries. This may result in an increase in revenue for 23andMe, with no residuals trickling down to the very consumer that provided them the data to create these new services or products. So are we now selling our actual selves to these companies? And what is the long-term impacts of this shift in consumerism and sense of self? And at what point do we begin establishing clear guidelines for what these companies can do with our data? I know there's a lot of people who've brought up these questions, and I haven't heard any answers that actually make me feel a little bit more secure in using these services. And number three, the last one that I thought was pretty interesting would be the use of your genetic testing results to identify individuals suspected of criminal actions. There is already a few cases where the DNA of relatives has been used to track and capture suspected individuals in open cases. In the long run, I see this becoming a commonly used method by law enforcement. And per the 23andMe Terms of Service, if a request is filed by law enforcement for your data, they will notify you, but they're also legally obligated to release that information to them. How do these three points change the way that we behave and the actions we take out in the world? There's a few negative changes that can occur once an individual is made aware of their genetic testing results, and I'll just list them off for you. Number one, emotional distress that leads to an increase in depressive episodes, a change in your overall outlook on life and your daily routines. Number two, a breakdown of the nuclear family unit as a result of finding out that your parents may not be your parents or that you have relatives that neither you or your siblings were aware of. And number three, number three, Emotional and health deterioration caused by the information that you do have an increased risk of developing a disease at some point in your life. For example, breast cancer with the BRCA1 and BRCA2 markers or Alzheimer's. An almost nocebo effect can occur, and a nocebo effect is basically the opposite of a placebo effect. Number four, the additional stress of making lifestyle or health changes, such as getting a full mastectomy or stopping your intake of certain foods, increasing your workouts. Um, there's a lot of these little things that you change in your day-to-day -day life that could cause your body to release certain hormones in response to the stress. Especially since 23andMe or genetic testing as a whole is not an exact science, these changes could wind up not truly changing your level of risk in the long run. An individual may also decide not to get a second opinion and makes permanent decisions and then finds out later that they were never really at risk to begin with. The genetic testing service that is provided by a lot of these companies is not exact. There have been cases where they have had false positives or false negatives. That's the responsibility of the consumer. It's not the responsibility of the company itself. In a world where advancements in testing procedures and protocols are occurring at a daily rate, it's hard to truly know not only what you are at risk for, but also when you will reach the tipping point where changes will no longer help in any way. What we do know is that stress does negatively affect your body. So once you get through those four points, like there's a lot of things that you have to think about before jumping into, into getting your genetics tested. How will you react once you find out that maybe your brother isn't really your brother um, or your father really isn't your father? These are little things that could pop up along the way and cause you additional stress that does actually have health consequences. So you have to be aware of those little things before you do decide to do this. Um, 
And they do state that to you in the terms of service. Um, they do tell you that it's your responsibility and that you should seek help via a therapist or a psychiatrist or those kinds of mediums if you do end up having emotional distress as a result of finding out your results. All right. I'm sure digging a little bit more, we could find more, more negative impacts or effects of having so much information at our fingertips. These are just a few things that you should keep in mind before diving into a genetic testing service, whether through 23andMe or a handful of the other testing services available to you out there. That being said, there's one last tip that I have for you, and this is something that you may not already know but when you go into your healthcare practitioner like you're just your regular doctor and you do want to get your genetics tested in some way um, just make sure that you actually know where your doctors are sending your DNA uh, because they could be using 23andMe or MyHeritage or all of those other companies that are out there offering this service which means your data could end up in their data servers or their, um, their databases without you knowing. Make sure you ask your doctor which labs specifically that they use, how your genetic information is being safeguarded afterwards, um, or if they dispose of your data after a certain amount of time, just if they're going to put your data into research purposes, those kinds of things. Make sure you know where your data is going. And that's the one thing that I want you to take away from this podcast is just know how your data is being safeguarded and where it's going, all of those kinds of things, all right? That's all I have for you this week. I truly hope that this was exactly what you needed, and I hope that you will join me next Tuesday to cover another interesting topic. As always, if you have a strange or weird story about your experience with a company, gadget, or app, basically anything that's technology-based, that you would like to share with us, you can send your story or audio clip over to wyn at elshampole.com. You can also DM us on IG at tech underscore creepy or Twitter at tech creepy. And your story will be featured during this season. Also, if you like this episode or want to suggest something for us to cover on one of our episodes, make sure that you head over to the iTunes podcasting app to leave a quick review and subscribe. You can also just DM us if you want us to cover something specific or if you have any questions and we'll toss that in at the end of whatever episode we're on and answer that for you. All right, see you next Tuesday. Podcast. 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 Podcast.